0: welcome back to the get unstuck and on target podcast i'm mike o'neill with bench builders and we love helping business leaders get unstuck and sleep better in this podcast we're talking with thought leaders to uncover tips that will help you break down the barriers that may be keeping you or your business stuck joining me today is scott masley scott is the chief hr officer of thread a payroll and hr company where he runs the HR consulting service called Thread Engage. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Mike, glad to be here. Well, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I've enjoyed our pre-podcast visit, and I think you're gonna have a lot to uh, offer our listeners. Let me tell those listeners a little bit more about you and that Sky has been consulting for nearly 20 years, and he joined Thread after selling an HR outsourcing company. So you'll see why he was my top pick for this topic. But you know, companies usually do a pretty good job interviewing candidates. But once an offer is made, they often drop the ball when onboarding their new employees. And this is a problem because in most companies, over half of the employee turnover occurs in the first 90 days. So I've asked Scott to share his ideas on how we can drive down this costly new employee turnover by upping our game with better new employee onboarding. Scott, onboarding, that's a term that we use. But you know what? When you hear the term, when you use the term, when you work with clients on
1: this concept of onboarding, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it does mean different different things to different people. Like Sometimes if you're talking to a broker, they'll say onboarding. What they mean is open enrollment right? Sometimes it depends on who you're talking to. So when I'm talking to our clients, I say it's the entire experience. It's as you're recruiting your candidates, as you offer them the job, as they start their first day, and as they begin to work. That entire process to me is onboarding. How do you bring people in and help them join your organization successfully? That's what it's really about.
0: I love that definition because what you're pointing out is onboarding doesn't really begin after the offer. It begins before they may even know that you have an opportunity to come to work for them.
1: Yeah, I think uh, part of the recruiting process, a lot of companies that I see, we work mostly with small and growing businesses, and they often will just take a piece of the job description and stick that out on a job board. And that's not really the way to attract People right? People are looking for what is your company about? What is your purpose? What am I going to gain by joining you? What am I going to get? Right? They know what the job is because they've already done it. That's why they're applying to do it again, because that's what they do well. So you don't need to post all the duties of the job out there to attract people. It's better to use your recruiting process almost as like a marketing experience. Let's let the world know who we are and what we're about, and let's attract the people who are a fit with that.
0: So before we get too far into our conversation, let's let the world know more about your organization tell us a little more about engage and in particular I'd like to learn more about what you're doing with your role kind of leading the the, the business part that you do yeah
1: yeah, I've got a great opportunity here at Thread. Thread's been around for 16, 17 years now and has traditionally sold a human capital management payroll platform that's end-to-end, fully integrated, everything. And we help you know HR folks and companies automate those processes and payroll and performance management, everything else. And then what I was brought in to do was to build the HR consulting division for Thread. It's something I've kind of done a few times in my career. And what we are doing is working directly with the office manager if they don't have an HR person or the HR person or team if they have an HR pro and team. So we're an extension of that team. We're a resource for them. And we help them with all the basics, forms, policies, processes. We document things. We do audits. We train their managers. We're a peer-to-peer thing. The most important thing I hear from HR pros is It's like being on an island and I don't have anybody to connect with. No one knows what I do. And so that's another benefit of working with us is we're a peer resource for them, someone they can bounce things off of and say, did I miss anything like that? So we just really help our clients get their HR program fully functional and efficient and in compliance and make it sure it's aligned with their goals every time. Scott,
0: the business unit that you lead, the HR consulting side, is called Thread Engage, but it's part of Thread. Tell me a little more about the name Thread. Why Thread?
1: Yeah, originally Thread was called, a company was called Choice Payroll, and the name changed over time because Lori Winters, who is our owner, she really felt passionately about building high culture, high performance companies. That's our mission is high performance and high culture companies. We are not just about saying, let's sell this software and then let's do some HR consulting. You know, We really wanna help our clients. We seek out clients who want to improve their culture and employee engagement, and they care about that. That's an important part of who they are and that meshes with us and how we operate. So that's why we named the HR consulting part Thread Engage because we really wanna engage with our clients, but we also want them to engage with their employees. And we wanna get rid of this thing where it's us versus them, that a lot of companies still have, right? It's management and executives, you know, and then there's employees, right? We wanna get rid of that, that separation and let's bring it all together and have more transparency and work together to build a better future. That's really what we're about. So we say, let Thread Engage. I love that. Matter of fact, with that
0: notion of engage, you know, engage starts really with onboarding. And now you're pointing out that onboarding really starts before the candidate may even know this opportunity exists. So let's go back to the onboarding idea. You are pointing out that onboarding really begins much earlier than people would realize. But I suspect your definition of onboarding is probably broader than a lot of people are thinking. You know, a lot of people might be thinking, oh, that's the same thing as orientation. This is what you gotta know your first day on the job. Does that match how you describe onboarding?
1: Yeah, a lot of people think of it that way. Like they say, onboarding is basically your first day, right, day one, right? But you need to think of it as a bigger picture. And, And I can tell you, most companies struggle with this universally. Every company I've ever worked with has said, if only we could do better at, and I already know what they're going to say. They're going to say orientation, onboarding, hiring, retention, all those things that are all interrelated. And yeah, it's like, it's not rocket science, but everybody's too busy. So they just don't take the time to think about it. Now, big, big companies have teams of people and committees and they work on this stuff, right? But we're talking about most of the companies in America, which are under a few hundred employees, right? How do they do it? They don't have teams of people. So they have generalists who are having to figure everything out. But if you think ahead and say, okay, our entire onboarding experience starts with who we say we are when we're posting a job. And then it goes all the way through to the point where someone is actually independent, self-sufficient, working on their own. So that entire window of time should be considered your onboarding experience. You know, the candidate experience, the employee experience, whatever you want to call it, it's all related and you have to be intentional about it from the very beginning. And if you can design that and put it into play, then you'd be a standout. You gain competitive advantage right away because everybody else is struggling with it. Everybody.
0: Well, you know, I heard you say everybody's struggling with it in larger organizations. They have teams that can work on it. Why do small employers have such a challenge with onboarding?
1: Well, I think it's a few things. I know you've hired people in your career and I have, you know, my last job, I had 36 employees reporting to me. And every time I hired one, even though I knew what the best practices were, I was also the manager and I was busy and I was thinking, I want to get this person to work. You know, I have a real need here. I want to fill them in and get them to work as fast as possible. And oftentimes what happens is even if you have a great plan, you have a week of onboarding lined up, right? You have a whole schedule set up. Well, day two, something happens with a customer and all of a sudden the manager goes, I I need you in here. You know, we'll get back to this orientation onboarding thing. And that rarely ever happens. If you skip it or stop it soon, you're never going to go back to it because now you're in, you're knee deep, you're busy, you're never going back. So the challenge is a few things. One is people don't know how to do it right. So they just don't start. They avoid the things that they don't know how to do. So it never really gets started, never gets better. And that, you know, that's the kind of meeting that we joked about where you sit in, where it was, we need to do this. And everybody agrees. And then you leave the room and nothing happened. Right. That can continue for a long time. But also, because people are so busy, they just they want to shorten and shorten and shorten what this onboarding time is. And so it's the employee who loses in that originally. But then it's the company who loses eventually when that employee leaves or says, you know, this this experience wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So there are so many little things you can do to make it better and to help yourself monitor how it's going. Like companies who do a 30-day review with an employee, one of the questions, I always just say, you only really need to ask one or two questions. And one of them would be, are we who we say we are? Did we do what we said we were going to do, right? And learn from yourself and learn from your new employees who are still going to be honest with you about... Are are you actually who you say you are? Because your company brand is not what you say it is. It's what people tell you they experience it to be, right? So,
0: Scott, why don't we go through those kind of in order? Let's start with companies might not be doing it because they don't really know what to do. What might be some key elements to a good onboarding program? What are absolutes? Yeah, great question.
1: I mean, <clears throat> all you have to do is have a little bit of structure to it and it can be a day. It doesn't have to be a two-week thing or a month-long thing. It's up to you and you know what you do, but essentials for the onboarding. Let's say you have a new employee they've accepted their offer, okay? Before day one, before they start, make sure you're sending them a short, sweet email, phone call, whatever it is, but information that says this is what you should expect on your first day. This is what time you should be here. This is what we wear. So they're not worried about wearing the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. You don't need to bring lunch. We're going to have lunch brought into you. You're going to meet the team. This is what your schedule is for the first day or week, whatever it is. You'll be done by four o'clock or, you know, whatever that time is. People have childcare issues, you know, they're worried about, am I going to get stuck there all day? So you just alleviate all of those questions up front by answering them in the beginning. You can reach out to people before they start and say, hey, what size shirt do you wear? We'd like to have a company shirt here for you or a hat or whatever it is, right? You can get all that stuff. We have our employees answer questions about their favorite snacks and colors and you know, dream vacations and all kinds of things like that. So we can get to know them a little bit so that when they come in, we can introduce them. We already have a little bit of information for them.
0: Oh, this is we cool. I uh, yeah. Make sure I heard this correctly. And that is at the bare minimum, what you're saying is they may need to know what to expect that first day and it doesn't have to be fancy, but your suggestion is if they know kind of what to expect, when to arrive, what to wear, what the day's going to look like, don't bother right. packing a, a lunch. Here's the kind of things that you're going to be doing on the first day. You're suggesting is that that gets shared with them before they even start as step number one.
1: Yeah. That's just the basics. Like here's what you can expect. And you can relax about all the things that you're worried about, which are those things, right? And then, you know, when they get there, you're obviously going to include the basics like, hey, here's who we are, what we're about, what we do, who we do it for, what our plans are for the future, because every new employee now wants to know, is there an opportunity for growth, And of course, in the interview process, everybody goes, yeah, yeah, you got opportunities, right? But if you're not able to show them that right out of the gate, that's why a lot of people leave their jobs now. They last two or three days and they leave because they say, you know what? I did not see the opportunity. I'm not going to spend another day here. So you have to be able to show people now. And this is a newer thing in my career. Ten years ago, you didn't need to do this. But now you definitely have to show people this is where you are right now. And then these are the different opportunities as we grow down the road. And this is what you would need to know and do to be eligible for those positions over time, right? So I start right away the first day, first week with a new employee and say, at the end of your first day, this is what I want you to know. And this is what I want you to be able to do. And that can be as simple as, I want you to be able to log in and check your email. and log into other software we've given you or things like that. But I want you to be able to answer these questions and you can do things like give them like a little challenge or a scavenger hunt. You need to talk with these different people and learn the answers to these questions. So it forces them to get out of their shell a little bit, get to know people. You need to have all of that scheduled in advance. So everybody on the team knows that they're gonna have some one-on-one time, you know, get to know different departments all of that kind of stuff. But you answer the basic questions. This is what your company is about. This is what we expect. This is what your job is. And then I've been known to do some things which are not normal. I like to tell people on day one, this is how you succeed in this job. And this is how you get fired in this job. And a lot of people go, you can't talk about getting fired on day one. And I said, I would rather have someone tell me this is how people have been fired in this job so that I can avoid that.
0: You know, this is interesting, Scott, you've Point out something that in my career, when I was looking at turnover, and I even did this as we were introducing this topic, and that is it seems as if most turnover occurs in the first 90 days, typically yeah. up to half. But you're pointing out something very interesting, and that is in today's climate, the economy is beginning to heat back up. And as a result, people have choices. You're pointing out that. In times past, folks might have given you 30, 60, 90 days before they leave. And what you're saying is today, if they don't see this is going to be a good fit for me almost from the very beginning, you risk losing that new hire, potentially that first day.
1: Yeah, you got to be, your game needs to be a little elevated these days in terms of recruiting and hiring and onboarding. If you, if, if it takes a candidate 30 minutes to apply for a job at your company, you can forget it. They just go somewhere else, they'll just apply. So you need to shorten that as much as possible. You can gather more information later if you need to, but make that process as easy as possible for candidates. And then, you know, ghosting wasn't a thing five years ago, right? Now everybody knows what that means because it's happened to all of us, right? And that's why that happens. It's all about expectations. If, If you say you're one thing, but people realize you're not, that's not going to work out. I, I watched a webinar the other day, and it was a guy talking about Gen Z, Generation Z recruiting. And he said, the number one thing you need to know about recruiting that generation is to be authentic. And the number two thing is you need to talk about the purpose. What's your purpose? What is this about? Right? Not the duties of the job, but what's the purpose of the job? What's the greater purpose of the company? How are you helping the community, the world, everything else? What's your impact? Right? That's important. But If you're trying to appeal to uh, young kids and you're trying to speak their language and act like, hey, we're cool and hip and and they can see right through that. You know, so if that's not you, don't don't try to act like that. Just be who you are as a company. Be authentic because you want to attract people who want to be with who you are.
0: You know, Scott, the webinar was focusing on how do you best connect with Gen Z and the Term authenticity came through because they can see right through it. Here's right. what's really pretty powerful though, and that is if in attempting to connect with Generation Z, your authenticity is more apparent to all, that makes you, the boss, you, the company, that much real in their eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott, you mentioned one of the challenges of onboarding is just the time it would require but you made a comment and that is if you really want to up your game on onboarding, there's work that needs to be done on the front end. Mm -hmm. And that is, you said you want them to know what to expect, but the implication is that there is a number of things that need to be done internally before that new employee arrives. And that is oftentimes best reduced to a checklist. And yeah, Yeah. they come to work and the things that they're going to need all the obvious where they're going to work, what supplies they are going to need, what equipment they're going to need, et cetera. If you don't prepare in advance, they show up and you look like you're not prepared because you're not prepared. Yeah. My point is, is you mentioned involving others in this process such that it's not just you, the boss, doing all this work. Can you elaborate? How do you involve other members of the team in onboarding?
1: Yeah, sure. So we at Thread, I have two new employees starting today, this morning. So before you and I got together this morning, I've already had had a breakfast with them, with our whole team. So we asked people to come into the office and, you know, we're sharing the COVID restrictions and all those things, but we've asked people to come in and we bought breakfast and we limit the number of people who can be in office. So we're rotating day to day. We Our new employees have a schedule for uh, the entire week on their desk, which we sent to them ahead of time so they could review in case they had any questions. We've already got their their swag out there. You know, they got bags and shirts and hats and pins and stuff like that. Their laptops are set up. All of their logins are already created. We've given them a list of logins for every software they're gonna have so they understand what it's for, why they're gonna use it, what it means to them, and then their logins are set up so they don't have to search for that later or take notes during the day. We have department um, meetings set up so they can learn from each department what they do. We have one-on-ones set up, some virtual and some in-person. If they're okay with that, we ask them in advance, are you okay with meeting face-to-face or in-person? And if they are, we set some of those up as well so they can meet the owners, they can meet their peers. And then we schedule social interactions as well, happy hours and and meals and things like that. They have a culture project, which is on them. They can do it any way they want, but they have to basically take what they've learned about our culture and then present that back to us. And that's how we learn, what what are we delivering? right? Because what they tell us back, if that's congruent with what we want it to be in terms of our culture and everything else, then we're doing that well. But if they come back and present to us something that's entirely different than what we intended, then we're like, okay, we got a little work to do here, right? And and it's a great experience because also we take these awesome culture projects and we can use them when we're onboarding other employees and go, hey, this is what we're about, you know, and our new employees are creating these things.
0: This is brilliant, Scott, and that is their assignment early on is they need to report back to you, but it means they're immediately being expecting to kind of get plugged in. You're immediately engaging them. You're very purposely asking them to look at these cultural elements and report back. And the brilliance of this is that when they report it back, you're using what you learn to further improve the onboarding experience for the next group that comes along these are i'm I'm writing down as you speak and i'm writing frantically these are some great tips you know Mm -hmm. we are recording this in uh late march so this will probably be uploaded in april and companies are still figuring out what are they going to be doing in terms of virtual work so can we take a moment and talk about what if someone listening to this is still managing employees that are still virtual. How might the onboarding process be modified when you don't have the luxury of being able to bring them in person to meet the team and pick up their swag and that type of thing?
1: Yeah, sure. We have uh, mailed things to people's houses. We will email them Grubhub or different you know, gift cards so they can order lunch. So we're all having lunch together, but it's virtual. So everybody gets it, the company's paying for it. We do that kind of thing. We've done wine tastings, you know, at the end of the day. But yeah, you schedule the one-on-ones, you schedule the department meetings. You can still do all of those things It's just virtual, right? It makes it a little harder. The challenge, the, the two biggest challenges that have come about because of this new virtual world that we all live in, right, is one, We have a tendency now because it's virtual to just literally jump in and get straight to business. And I am very guilty of this. Mm -hmm. My employees will go, you know, as soon as I see your face, I start asking questions and talking and they'll go, how are you, Scott? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a (laughs) breath. How are you doing? What's going on? You know, and I try to I'm bad about doing that. My employees are great about reminding me to be a person a real human being and connect and have a conversation before I jump right into go, 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 right? So that's a challenge I think we all need to work on. And then the second thing is you don't see your coworkers or your employees in the office. You don't have a gauge of their effort anymore. So if someone's performance is questioned, nobody in the room can say, you know, she's working really hard, right? Because I don't know what she's doing. I don't see her. I haven't seen her in a year. Like some of our employees literally have not seen face-to-face in a year. Mm -hmm. Some of us come in the office and some of us don't, right? So you have to get much better at your performance metrics. What are the deliverables? How do you measure success? What do I need to see, hear, those kind of things? And that's forced a lot of companies to get better at performance management you know but what that does it all ties back to onboarding because you have to know what what am i looking for when i'm hiring people right what makes someone successful in this job that's part of your interview process how do i determine that and then when you start them we ask every new employee too for very candid feedback about a 2 weeks in a month in like just give it to us. You know, what should we have done differently? What should we start doing? What should we stop doing? What worked? What didn't work? What was a waste of time? And we're very blunt and candid about it because we really want to know we want to get better. And when they are willing to open up and feel comfortable doing that, that's when we grow and we get better at it.
0: You know, Scott, the first 90 days are oftentimes referred to as a probationary period. And yeah. most people automatically assume, well, that's the employer evaluating the performance of the employee. And it sounds like uh, you and your team at, at Thread Engage and the broader Thread, you've turned that on its head. And that is you're asking new employees to basically evaluate you and the yeah. organization. And the fact that you're not only asking but you are asking and responding to what you learn conveys we care. Yeah. And that's a very, very powerful message at all times, but particularly early on. Scott, want yeah, to The I worst add, thing
1: you can do is ask for people's feedback and then ignore it.
0: <laughs> perfectly understood. Mm-hmm. You know, you have joined Thread. You lead the Thread Engage business unit, mm-hmm. but would you be willing to share with us an example by which perhaps you or your organization kind of got stuck and what happened and what did y'all do to get unstuck?
1: Sure. Well, when, when COVID hit and we were used to having everybody in the office, everybody meeting face to face and we have a open office environment, right? So we don't have offices around the outside of the building. It's a big room with little desks. And uh, so if you wanna see anybody, you can just look over and you know, give them the eyebrow and they'll come over and talk or you can walk around the office. So it's, it's very open, it, you know, it's, not, it's not for everybody, but it works for us. And so we had to switch gears completely and retool our onboarding process and really add a lot more structure to it. Because if you're, if you're all around the office, it's easy to say, hey, Mike, you know what, when you're done with new employee X, just bring him over and then I'll go into my spiel and then we'll whatever, right? But when you're not in person, you can't just do that because I'm not watching y'all. I don't know what you're doing. Every single thing has to be mapped out on a timeline. And then you have to make sure you confirm that every single person is available and they're going to jump into that Zoom meeting or whatever on time. And you have to communicate a lot more because people are sitting at home by themselves, right? So at the end of the day, I need to make sure I have a conversation saying, you know, what went well, what didn't, what did you learn? What could we have done better? What questions do you have? What was not clear, right? And we just had to spend a lot of time on our process and documenting our process.
0: You know, you share with us lots and lots of good ideas. And as you kind of reflect on the conversation that we've had on this podcast, what might be some of your closing thoughts or takeaways you want to make sure we have?
1: Sure. Well, there's so many things you can do. And I like to get information from our employees. You know, who are we? What do we wear? How do we operate? What are the unwritten rules? You know, so we'll go around and, and interview employees and get it on video and then put those together and share those with our new employees. So they can, they're going to meet these people as well, but they can hear from them. But also, Like, I work with a a bunch of dental offices too. And one of the things that we've started talking to them about is hey, when you're training your new employees, what do they hear from your patients? They're like, what do you mean? Well, aren't they working with your patients all day? Yeah, some of them are working with patients all day. So, okay, part of their training should be hearing from your patients, whether those are videos or whatever you want to do, phone calls, meetings, you know, but get, talk to your patients, been coming to you for 15 years and say, What do you expect? What do you like? What do you not like? What keeps you coming here? You know, instead of going to the other dentist down the street, things like that. Right. So there's so many ways to educate your new employees. And I just think you have to think creatively and say, I want information from my peers. I want information from our customers. I want to know what works and what doesn't like set set me up for success in the beginning. And then I heard a great, great, uh, phrase the other day at the Sherm conference where someone said, you know, nobody likes feedback where you're just pointing your finger and telling people what they did wrong in the past. What people like is feed forward. How can I help you succeed from here on out? What can I do to support you? And now that everything is reviewed online, which is where some of that you commented on, you know, getting feedback from your new employees about how you're doing and making it better because they're going to write about it anyway. So I'd rather know what is your opinion and so we can address it and deal with it. If it's not great, let's work on that, right? Because everything's public now and there's no going back from that. So there's no hiding anymore. You can't say one thing and do something else. You need to be legit. And that's really the main thing is be who you are, but be intentional about it, have a plan for it, and don't be afraid to do it differently than everybody else because that's what makes you who you are.
0: Scott, i offer this as feed forward. And that is... What I have heard in our time together is that you and your organization are in fact practicing what you're preaching Mm -hmm. to your clients and you are acknowledging. When I asked about example where you got stuck, you acknowledged that the way you were doing it is so much easier when they're in person and what y'all had to do intentionally to make the onboarding experience for a virtual new hire effective. And I really appreciate not only your candor, but the insights have been really phenomenal. You know, if our listeners want to reach out to you online, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: They can visit our website at threadhcm.com or shoot me an email smasley at threadhcm.com. And I'll be glad to reach out, schedule time, and talk with them.
0: Excellent. We will also include that contact information in the show notes. Mm -hmm. This has been a real treat. Thank you, Scott.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. I enjoyed it.
0: I also want to thank our listeners for joining us for this episode of Get Unstuck and On Target. We upload the latest episode every Thursday. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. You know, life is too short to let business problems keep you up at night. Mm -hmm. Our coaches love helping leaders solve the tough problems that are holding them back from the success that they really deserve. But if you've been listening to my discussion with Scott and you're realizing that something is keeping you or your business stuck, let's talk. Go to our website, bench-builders.com or just go to your browser and type unstuck.show to schedule a quick call. So I'd like to thank you for joining us and I hope you've picked up on some tips that'll help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.